welcome to the OTH Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Stang, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ed Stang. It's Friday, February 7th, and we have a lot of sports to get to this weekend, so without further ado, let's get started. All right, OTH Podcast listeners, first up today on your Friday uh, the seventh podcast, we've got Cole Rains. You can follow him on Twitter at crains38. That's C R A I N E S three eight. He is a writer for us here at OTH. He will be covering the basketball and the baseball side of the sports. But tonight we've got him on the podcast doing our uh, show for the trades. Now, Thursday was a pretty busy day in the trade deadline as that ended at 3 p.m. So we brought Cole on to talk those trades, and we got four specifically highlighted. So without further ado, we'll get uh, Cole going here. Cole, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Ed. How are you doing today? I'm well, sir. Thanks for coming on and being with us this morning. Um, first up, we'll no go problem. with this trade, um, the Timberwolves and the Warriors. We saw D'Angelo Russell go from the Warriors to the Timberwolves with Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans. In return, the Warriors get Andrew Wiggins, a first-round draft pick for 2021 and a second-round draft pick for 2022. What are your thoughts on this deal, and who do you think kind of wins in the end on this one? I, I Clearly, I think the, the Timberwolves win the deal here. They got the better player in D'Angelo Russell, but there are a few – thoughts that come to my mind here um obviously at the beginning of the year we saw the slam magazine cover of d'angelo russell devin booker and carl anthony towns talking about the trio of the future so i i do see we'll think though i do see we'll see i do think we'll see those three together in minnesota at one point in the future but for now i think d'lo and carl anthony towns that pairing is going to be pretty tough i know the minnesota timberwolves have been struggling i think they've lost 13 14 15 in a row now um, I know they haven't won a game since like Thanksgiving or something crazy like that. But adding D'Lo to this roster kind of helps bolster their future. You know, Russell and Towns are a very good pairing uh, looking ahead. Uh, for the Warriors, I, I don't know what the what what's going on over there. Um, Andrew Wiggins is certainly a talent. He's had a lot of potential in the past. He was a former first-round draft pick out of Kansas. You know, he he's displays some flashes to show that he's a very above average to can be a star scorer in this league. He showed a couple games where he was scoring 25 points per game or over. He had a couple stretches of that this year. But uh, for now, I mean, I, my honestly God thought is he's going to be like a Harrison Barnes type role player for the Warriors when uh, they add him in there. But, you know, I, I don't know what the Warriors are scheming up on that side. I know they're going to have two top 10 picks if, with this Timberwolves pick and the Warriors pick. So next year we're going to look at a lineup of like Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond Green, and possibly like a Wiseman out of Memphis. But uh, we'll 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 see. It, it remains to be uh, seen what where those picks will end up and what Steph, Clay, and Wiggins will look like. So. Yeah, I agree with you on the kind of who won this right now. I mean, I think Wiggins was kind of clashing a lot with that lineup up in Minnesota. Um, I think uh, D'Angelo fits it a little bit better because now you have your one-two punch with him and um, Williams. But overall, I mean, I heard this earlier on Thursday when I was kind of driving around. Um, Wiggins makes a good number three person on a team. 
meaning he's not the number one or the number two option. So when you talk about him being on the Warriors with having uh, Steph and Clay as your one and two, and then he comes in there as your role player number three, that that could lean into being a very formidable uh, Warriors team next year when everybody's healthy. I agree. Um, and we were talking about Russell and Towns as a one-two punch in Minnesota. Didn't mean to correct it. Just, uh, just, uh, just to get that out there. But um, I, I do agree. It'll be interesting to see how those three fit. But I think, I think it's going to be a very good. I think the Warriors are going to be much better than where they are last year. Probably a playoff team next year. So. Yeah, and they gathered a lot of picks uh, with some other stuff they did today. But uh, moving on, we'll go to the next one. Uh, we were talking about this one a little bit. Uh, this one's a little near and dear to my heart because I'm from Cleveland. So the Cleveland Cavaliers get uh, the double-double monster who's leading the league this year with 42 double-doubles, Andre Drummond. Um, all the Cavs give up is Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a 2023 second-round pick. I think we kind of agree on this one, and I've seen a lot come through Twitter from um, Thursday night saying uh, the Cavs pretty much kind of fleece the Pistons on this one. I, I do agree. Um, the The problem here is Andre Drummond has an option at the end of the year that he probably could opt out of. I know he's making around $25 million a year. Uh, he might opt out of it with Cleveland. I know Cleveland's got a lot of cap space, and I'm sure they would love to sign him long-term. I think he fits well with what they're trying to build with Sexton and Garland. But uh, I don't know what the Pistons are doing. I Maybe they could have traded him for a contender for better pieces, better picks, but uh, I think they just want it off him. I think they didn't want that headache this offseason, and I think they're really looking forward to that uh, power forward center combination of Siku Dimbuya and Christian Wood, I think those two guys have shown a lot for Detroit, and I think that's why we saw the trade that happened today. So, Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the Pistons were looking at um, a salary dump on this one. Um, plus, they're talking about really a top-tier center in this league, and they needed to get something for him. Now, is really Brandon Knight and John Henson fair um, to give the Pistons something? Yeah, they're going to be back up, maybe um, end-of-the-bench guys. Um, or they're playing for what that 23 um, round or that 2023 second round draft pick could give them. But I mean, it, the Cavs have the cap space and maybe it will work out because you have a very young team in Cleveland that needs, um, I think, a, some leadership at the center position. So um, I think it could work if they can keep them because if uh, the Cavs resign Drummond, that will definitely mean they just absolutely destroyed Detroit in this trade. And and to add on to this, you guys have Tristan Thompson, and I know he was in trade rumors a lot. He's a possible buyout option. I mean, you see the Rockets without a center right now. The Celtics have been clamoring for a center all year. So I would be shocked to see Thompson uh, get bought out and on the move as well. So, Yeah, I saw that uh, kind of floating through Twitter last night as well. Um, and then something probably about, I want to say maybe 6, 7 o'clock, um, I thought I heard saw something of they decided not to do the buyout and Tristan's oh, going to really? stay with the team through the rest hmm. of the year. So um, there could be an interesting little dynamic with having um, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love and Drummond um, in the rotation for that team. So I guess we'll kind of see what happens here in the next weeks to come. I guess so. I mean, it remains to be seen how the Cavaliers will handle this as well. I know B line has been kind of in and out of, 
trouble. I don't want to say trouble, but drama this year. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's been a little bit of a rough first year for him. I mean, it, making that transition from college to NBA, uh, we always kind of seen over the years that that uh, coach has a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. Now we got the two big trades to kind of finish up here. First, we'll do the big three team trade um, that really went down um, this afternoon. And that was between the Clippers, the Knicks and the Wizards. So the Clippers win the Marcus Morris uh, kind of sweepstakes between them and the Lakers. Um, Isaiah Thomas also accompanies Morris to the Clippers. The Knicks get Mo Harkless and a 2020 first round pick and the Wizards pick up Jerome Robinson. Obviously uh, the big move here was the Clippers getting uh, Marcus Morris. And I believe uh, some of the reports I was seeing that Isaiah Thomas was going to eventually get bought out. So we'll see how that finishes up. So uh, what are your thoughts on this trade and what do you think this does for the Clippers? You know, the Clippers have an interesting dynamic. They're one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Uh, Before this trade, they could march out, I mean, deep, deep team. Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Landry Shamick, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Patterson, Ivaka Zubak, and Michael Green, Montrez Harrell. I mean, I'm just scratching the surface of some of this team. Uh, Now you add in Marcus Morris, uh, who is probably better than any of the – Role player guys I listed, such as Shamit or Zubach or maybe even Harkless, the guy he was even traded for. And I think uh, you got a lot of different options as like a, a fourth quarter five you're going to combat the Lakers with. You know, you can march out Kawhi, Paul George, and Marcus Morris with like Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams to, like to do a small lineup possibly against the Rockets who don't have a center right now. Or you can go big with like Montrez Harrell, Lou, uh, Montrez Harrell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Mark. Marcus Morris and maybe even Pat Bev, you can get a bigger lineup there to combat a team like the Lakers who have plenty of big men. So I, I feel like this adds some flexibility defensively uh, for the Lakers or for the Clippers, excuse me. You know, I, I thought both teams won this deal. Uh, the Grizzlies won with another young talent in Justice Winslow. And um, they, I saw the Grizzlies also sign Dylan Brooks. And the, the Heat get deeper with Jay Crowder and Andre Goddard to compete with some of the teams like the uh, Sixers and Bucks. Uh, it was an interesting dynamic. I know the Grizzlies were struggling with the Goddard on the bench not playing. But uh, for now, I mean, I think both teams won. Grizzlies get younger. They, they're kind of the team of the future right now if you want to look at it that way. And the Heat are competing right now and ready to go against some of the top teams in the East. So. Yeah, I, I definitely agree on this one. This is, uh, I think, a win-win trade for both teams. Uh, but in the long run, you get uh, the Heat get Iguodala, which gives them that way Friday podcast and get into 
busy weekend. Basketball, NHL, and uh, some MMA on Saturday. So since I got you here, uh, if you watch MMA at all, uh, you got winning um, that out. You know, I'm not a huge MMA fan, but uh, I do know John Bones Jones uh, growing up as a childhood, kind of paying attention, in and out of attention, I should say, to it. So I'm going to take John Bones Jones in this one. I just, I root for my childhood uh, fan, fandom, so. Awesome. Sounds good, Cole. Hey, thanks for coming on with us this morning. Hey, no problem. Hello, Ben. How are you today? I'm good, Ed. How are you? Good. OTH uh, Daily Podcast listeners, I've got Ben Abel with me today. We're going to talk a little bit of NHL uh, as we get through the weekend here. We'll also hit a little bit of the playoff race, kind of focusing on those wild card spots. You can follow Ben at uh, on Twitter at Leban bet Lebaneb. Yeah, Lebaneb's uh, right. Yeah. Basically it's Ben's uh yeah. name backwards, so that's the easiest exactly. way to find it. Um yeah, other than that, how's your day been so far, Ben? It's been good, Ed. How are you? All right, awesome. Thanks for coming on the podcast with with us no today. Uh just want to jump into some games from Thursday night before we get into okay. the uh weekend. Uh so we had a really sure. big matchup going on in the Eastern Conference uh t- mm-hmm. last night. The Lightning with a 4-2 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, right. What did you kind of think of how Tampa Bay played in this game over Pittsburgh? Uh, it's an interesting one, right? Because, you know, we know about Tampa's uh, quick upset last year in the playoffs when they were swept by Columbus. So the expectations on Tampa, um, I don't know about you, but I'm waiting to see what they're going to do in the postseason. Uh, we know Pittsburgh... You know, really, they have almost the identical records, right? With the Lightning being 34, 15, and 5, and Pittsburgh being 33, 15, and 5. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how this season unfolds for both these teams. Uh, there's really, you know, a lot of um, expectations, per, uh, especially on their goaltender for Tampa Bay, uh, for Vasilevsky. I mean, he did so well, but he had the same thing last season, and then in the playoffs, the team, as you know, fell apart. So, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, what can you say about the team with uh, Sidney Crosby, right? I mean, that's a that's a great team. Um, you know, they won two cups in a row, and then they've had a couple years where they haven't been quite as good. Uh, so it's going to be interesting for both those teams. I think people are really looking in that matchup for the Lightning um, and what they're going to do. Uh, a couple things on the Lightning. I had a few notes. I, I didn't really see anything standing out for Tampa Bay right now that they're uh, they really need um, down the stretch in terms of players. Uh, for them, it's really going to be, like I've said, at you know, avenging last year's on the Golden Knights and Panthers game. With the Golden Knights and the Panthers, I can I can run down it for you. Okay. I mean, I've been sort of researching both those teams. We talked a little bit before about uh, Vegas. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I still think Vegas is the best team in the Pacific. Uh, we could talk a little bit more about the like we said, the playoff games and the sort of the wild card picture. Um, you know, Vegas is wraps up this game as part of an eight game road trip, which is pretty grueling uh, for any team. And, uh, you know, when you look at a team like Vegas, I think they've underperformed a bit this season. Uh, you know, obviously the coaching changed. They fired Gerard Gallant, which surprised a lot of people. 
Um, I mean, they go into Tampa tonight and they, or sorry, to Florida tonight and they, and, and they crush the Panthers. <laughs> so it's a question of, uh, looks like looking at the score sheet, Mark Stone has five points. Pacioretty has f- three points. Paul Stastny has two points. So a lot of their good players um, came to play, came to play. Um, and I, I still think that's the toughest team in the West. Um, and like we said a little bit too, uh, I was looking at uh, the weekend's game with Florida. Um, Florida doesn't have Alexander uh, Barkoff right now, which is, a, which is a challenge for them. Uh, they need him to come back to help out Jonathan uh, Huberto. Um, so, it's going to be tough uh, for Florida. I think looking at Florida a little bit right now, I uh, read something on the Florida Panthers website. Uh, GM Dale Talon had said that um, they're looking for some defensemen or uh, they might be re- interested in uh, acquiring a, a defenseman and that uh, they'd receive calls on winger Mike uh, Hoffman as well. So we'll see what happens there. Up our Thursday night games, we're going to hit the uh, yep. New York Islanders over the LA Kings. They won five to three tonight. Uh, Islanders mm-hmm. solidly in the playoff picture right now. LA um, yep. kind of struggling to be in there. Uh, what, what is your take yeah. on these two teams so far this year? Well, it's it's a funny thing about Los Angeles, right? And we were talking about the Pacific Division, Ed, and we were talking about you know the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, and uh, you know I. Follow the, the the Kings obviously being in the same division as the Canucks, you know, and the, the gone are the Kings days of the two Stanley Cups they won in 2012 and 2014, right? They seem to be a team who um, even might be a seller at the trade deadline, which is February the 24th or before. Um, you know, there's talk Tyler Toffoli could be traded out of Los Angeles. Uh, they've already traded uh, Jack Campbell to the Leafs already. Um, so I think LA is not a great team this season. Islanders, on the other hand, um, you know, they're solidly in the playoff picture. As, as we've said, um, they have the first wildcard spot. So that's interesting. Um, but again, with New York, they might need to look at something on defense. Um, I was just looking back and with a possible rumor trade with Ottawa. This sends John Gabriel, Peugeot, and Ron Hainsey to the Islanders. So the Islanders part with one of their top prospects in Kiefer Bellows, a 2022nd round pick and a conditional 2023rd round pick. Now that's a rumor or a mock trade uh, from Pierre Lebrun at the Athletic, which I uh, saw the tweet today. So uh, New York, again, needs some pieces. Uh, LA is a seller. <laughs> I think that's pretty obviously they're rebuilding at this point we finish up the thursday night games i want to get into the Mm -hmm. busy schedule of the weekend and saturday a huge lineup of really good matchups overall uh but we've got four that we've kind of highlighted want to start with the Mm -hmm. islanders against tampa bay how do you think the game's going to kind of end up i think it's probably going to be the lightning i mean we talked a little bit about excuse me them um beating Pittsburgh tonight and just sort of Tampa's needs from a team perspective aren't really anything except they've got to overcome that crushing playoff defeat last year in the first yeah. round, you know, after being swept out by Columbus and, um, you know, now they got to prove to everybody that one, they can make the playoffs, which I think they will, but that they'll actually be a dominant team in the postseason. Um, 
a little more on, on New York. I'm picking the the Lightning in that game. Uh, the, the the Islanders are without Pellick. Um, so, you know, you're looking at their depth, kind of thinking, who else do the Islanders have on defense? Uh, we talked about that trade rumor. If the Islanders, you know, that's Pierre Lebrun from the Athletics saying that it's a possible um, or it's a mock trade, right? So does that help uh, the Islanders down the road? I don't, don't know if that helps for Saturday's game. Um, but I think it's going to be an interesting matchup, but I'm going to pick the Lightning on top. I don't know, say 4-3. Sounds good. I definitely would probably have the Lightning in this game. Um, I'd look probably more like 4-2 would be my guess. Mm-hmm. But we'll move on. Yep, yeah, we'll move there. on to the next uh, matchup. And this has always been okay. a nasty matchup over the years. Mm-hmm. Division rivals, the Philadelphia Flyers yep. and the Washington <laughs> Capitals. Does a, well, that's an interesting Ovechkin one, isn't it? Right? Make I mean, it to 700 in this game. You know, I think so. I was, I, I did a little research on it, and I was like, you know, he's now he's 196 tallies away. They say from Gretzky, right? Is it 698? Is that now? Or 698. Yeah, right. So he 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 had just passed uh, Mark Messier. So that's pretty significant. Um, he, you know, like the last game I was looking at this game against they played against the Kings earlier in the week. Um, he got three goals in four minutes and 24 seconds. And three hat tricks in his last six games. I mean, for a 34-year-old player, uh, you know, to have that kind of a season and have that many goals and and have a game like that shows to me he doesn't show any sign of that, you know, age has really affected him. Uh, Philadelphia, too, um, they don't have Carter Hart, who's out with the abdominal strain. The abdominal strain. So that's interesting because... Uh, we know what a guy like Hart has meant to that team, and you know uh, what Philadelphia's goaltending has been like, even though they have Brian Elliott, right? So um, Shane Gostispierre, uh, that's a great name to pronounce. <laughs> he is, uh, you know, coming back from an injury. Um, rumor trade talks on on him. Um, so I, I look at the Flyers, and I'm curious because I kind of go, you know, they're in a tough spot, right? They're in a they're in a tough division. Um, they're in the Eastern Conference, and you know they have some pieces, but I don't know how they um, really get out of that that metropolitan division where they have Capitals, Penguins, Islanders, and now the Blue Jackets above them. So they have the same amount of points the Islanders and Blue Jackets with uh, fifty four. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. They're holding the second playoff or the second wild card right now, so we'll see kind of how that plays right. out as we go down the right. road. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I was just going to say, I think with Philadelphia too, um, you know, they always seem to struggle sometimes down the stretch, and they, <laughs> excuse me, um, you know, goaltending always seems to be an issue for them. Yeah, you know, they just. They, or they, I don't know. I've seen over the last few years how many goalies they've had, tried to go through. Yeah, they've had one or two. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, one or two a season. Yeah, uh, exactly. So we'll kind of finish up the Saturdays. Uh, these are two more rivalry sure. games going on. We'll hit this one first mm-hmm. Dallas Stars sure. and the defending oh. NHL champion, St. Louis Blues. 
Well, that's an interesting one too. And I had been doing some research on that one. And, uh, you know, I don't know, you probably remember this one too, Ed, uh, what kind of a playoff series they had last year. And Dallas took St. Louis to seven games in that second round, right? So uh, these two teams go head to head, picking up, you know, that kind of playoff rivalry again, uh, which is interesting to me. Um, it's a game I'd probably tune in and watch just because of that playoff series last year. And so, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting one again when you look at what the central looks like right now, where it's uh, the Blues are, uh, let's see, look at their points here. The Blues have played 55 games, the Stars 53. And so it's basically the Blues, the Avalanche, and the Stars, um, you know, in the top three teams in the Central. And so St. Louis is, you know, ahead of the Stars by seven points right now. And so when you see that kind of a game on the schedule and, the you know, the potential implications that can have, um, you know, for the playoff race, uh, it that's going to be an interesting game to watch. Yeah, it, it could be one be one of the better ones for Saturday. I think so. I think so. Um, you know, I think, like we've said, I don't know if you, you're probably going to get to this, but that uh, Canucks Flames game is another one. Yep, that's ne- uh, you know confess. Yep, that's next. You know, confess my bias. <laughs> and, yep, Canucks and that's uh, but, next uh, up. What know, we I, got going on? So another heated rivalry. Okay. This one's going to be right up your alley, uh, right. Uh, in yeah. your backyard, we got Calgary Flames yeah. and the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, that's interesting. The Canucks play tonight, just losing to Minnesota four to two. Elias uh, Pedersen doesn't play the game. Last minute scratch, it looks like. Um, you know, the Canucks really looking at that roster. They're wondering what's happening with Michael Furland, given signing him in the off season, his uh, concussion issues or whatever his injuries are. Um, Brock Besser has not played as well recently. Um, on the flame side, uh, Mark Giordano looks like he could be out. Uh, that's interesting. But, um, you know, the flames have said he'll probably play. Um, obviously when you have a flames game, you have met the Matthew Kachuk factor in there, which is always interesting for people. Um, given the recent battles of Alberta, uh, <laughs> you know, and his tangles with Zach Cassian, but just, you know, when you see a guy like that step on the ice, I wouldn't call him unpredictable. You just never know what, uh, you know, what he's going to do. Um, I've got Ben Abel from, uh, the NHL side of overtimeheroics.net. Uh, you can get, uh, find Ben on Twitter at Lebaneb. Uh, we're going to talk some playoffs here. I want to get sure. uh, your thoughts, mainly looking at the wild card position. Right. So I want to bring up the Eastern Conference first. Yeah, go ahead. We've got the Blue Jackets in the first wild card spot at 67 points. Right. The Flyers at 65 in the number two position. Mm-hmm. And then three teams I think still have a shot here is Carolina, mm-hmm. Toronto, and Montreal. Right. Uh, what do you think about that little pocket of five? Uh, it, I mean, I mean, that's really a good question. Uh, Columbus is interesting. I mean, I, we didn't preview their Saturday game against the Avalanche, but I mean, for Columbus, it's been tough, right? To basically lose Bobrovsky, Duchesne, Panarin, all in the offseason. 
they were struggling um, as far back as December. Um, they were 11 points out of a playoff spot until um, they beat the, uh, the Capitals 5-2 on December 9th. And that led to an 18-2-5 and five stretch. I was just looking at NHL.com here. And, um, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, they had American League players. They lost Junis Corposalo to an injury December the 29th. Um, and then what's happened to them is, um, you know, there's been some rookies step up. Uh, Emil Brenstrom, Eric Robinson, Vladislav Gavrikov. And um, the other thing that's been big for Columbus is, is, Merz, is Merz Lickens has emerged as a, a, a goalie who's got a 12-2 in record. Two and zero record with four shutouts. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Including um, a game recently where he uh, squared off against uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets ex goalie, and um, he outplayed him in that game. So, you know, it's it's hard to lose players like that in Columbus. Uh, three huge pieces. Uh, they seem to be finding a way uh, to claw themselves back into the. Um, into the playoff picture, you know, within the East, which is surprising. Uh, the Hurricanes, uh, you look at that team, you know, they were in the Eastern Conference Final last year against Boston. Um, I watched them play a, a pretty good game last week, last week against the Canucks. Um, one of the things I've always sort of wondered about with um, uh with Carolina, I've heard this mentioned a few times. Some some don't like um, uh, Peter Morazic as a goaltender. Sometimes, I mean, he's a good goaltender, but he's not an elite goaltender. As a backup, um, you know, it might be a little tough for uh, for uh, Carolina to to uh, replicate what they did last year. Definitely, I mean, I agree with that. Just for the fact of Morozik, I mean, I watched Morozik a lot because I'm a Red Wings mm-hmm. fan. So watching right. him kind of be um, the backup goalie there, and then he was pressed right. to service uh, for yeah. one year quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, he's a serviceable, but I mean, he's also one of those yeah. goalies that if he gets hot, I mean, mm-hmm. he, can, he can do some damage and uh, rip yeah, off some could. wins. He could. He could. And then I think to recap, we had Toronto, Montreal, and one other. Who was that? Uh, I mean, the Rangers, you could maybe mm-hmm. say, are on the outside looking in. There's still yeah. possibly a shot there. I mean, they've only played 52 games so far. Right. Yeah, if you played 52 games, it's hmm, you still got 30 games left, right? And that's enough of a, a move to be made. So let's uh, move on down to the Western Conference now. Uh, we got an interesting little six-team pocket here. Uh, yep. With the first wildcard position is the Coyotes currently with 61 points, and you got the Calgary Flames in the number two position with 60. But you got four yep. teams uh, I think are the only ones really still in contact- contention for the wild card. You got mm-hmm. the Winnipeg Jets with 59. Yep. 
after Winnipeg at 59, we got Chicago with 58, Nashville right. with 57, and Minnesota with 56. Yeah. How do you think this six-team pocket goes for two wild-card spots? Uh, it's it's kind of tough because, you know, the once-proud Chicago Blackhawks, right, with three cups in, like, five years. We've seen them tail off, but they seem to be trying to find a way to, you know, recapture that dynasty, different pieces, still some of the same players, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. Um, you know, they've got Robin Leonard and goal. Um, the Predators really surprised me after, you know, the seasons they had in that Stanley Cup final berth against the Penguins. To see where they are this year, I, yeah, they're only five games above 500. Uh, you know, they've got a minus one goal differential, which isn't bad or great, but... Um, you know, I think about some of the players on that team, Roman Yossi being one of them. Uh, you know, what's happening with a guy like Pecorine? And the Wild beat the Canucks tonight, but there are three games above 500. Um, those teams, I don't know. I mean, maybe one of them makes a trade. Uh, for the Coyotes, uh, you know, if they get both their goaltenders healthy, I think that can help them a lot. Um Ranta was out, and what's the gentleman's name? Have added an article for OTH a couple weeks ago just on the Coyotes. Um, they've got a really young goaltender in there right now. Um, they're playing Boston on Saturday. Um, the Coyotes also don't have Oliver Ekman Larson and Jason Demers both out on defense, so that's tough for them. Um, they just broke their five-game losing streak the other day too, beating the Oilers three nothing. So. I mean, the Coyotes were, they were good at one point, really leading the Pacific. Now they've tailed off. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Calgary, the same. Uh, Calgary is interesting too, uh, Ed, because they had a great regular season last year. And then the playoffs, they fell apart against Colorado. Uh, Colorado just basically took them apart. Um, so I'm still inclined to go um, with the, the Coyotes and the Flames. In the wild card, maybe the Jets, maybe the Blackhawks. Good information there, Ben, about uh, the wild card races. Definitely look forward to seeing um, how these teams are going to improve themselves. Uh, mm. Get to the trade deadline and they make that final playoff p- push. Uh, just want to wish uh, good luck to you and the Canucks. Thanks, this week as you got yeah, it. Yeah, uh, it should be interesting playing Calgary on Saturday night. Yep, should be a good game. And yeah, uh, I think so. Yep. Want to thank you for coming on and uh, no problem anytime. Me and definitely hope to have you on again soon. Uh, once again, uh, OTH Daily Podcast listeners, you can follow Ben Abel at Lebaneb, uh, and he is writing for the NHL department for us here. So, without further ado, uh, Ben, you have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us, and have a Thanks, great Seth. weekend. And same to you as well. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Thank you. Bye bye. Now to get you through your scores from Thursday night. In the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers lose to the Milwaukee Bucks, 101-112. The Sixers were led by Tobias Harris with 25 points. Giannis led the way for the Bucks with 36. Magic, 103. Knicks, 105. Nikolai Vujicic led the Magic with 25 points and 8 rebounds. Julius Randle in the win for the Knicks leads the way with 22 points and 8 rebounds. The New Orleans Pelicans beat the Chicago Bulls 125-119. Zion leads the way for the Pelicans with 21 points. 
Zach Levine leads the way for the Bulls with 22. Rockets-Lakers are late, so are the Spurs and Trailblazers. Top 25 men's action. We had number 24, Colorado, beat Cal, 71-65. Number 23, Arizona, beat Southern Cal, 85-80. 25, uh, Houston, beats Tulane, 75-62. Number 2, Gonzaga, is in action against Loyola Marymount, and they were late action as well. Full, full docket of games for the top 25 women. Uh, number 7, NC State, beats Virginia Tech, 71-59. Number 15, Kentucky, beats Alabama, 66-62. Number 20, Iowa, beats Nebraska, 76-60. Number 5, Louisville, goes down to number 17, Florida State, 67-59. Maryland, number 13, beats number 18, Indiana, 79-65. Number 1, South Carolina, beats number 25, Arkansas, 86-65. Number 11, Gonzaga, is going up against Pacific, and they were late this evening. And rounding out the top 25 women's action, number 8, Mississippi State, handily beats uh, number 22, Tennessee, 72-55. In the NHL, uh, four games of note uh, that have playoff implications. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2. Las Vegas Golden Knights destroy the Florida Panthers 7-2. The Winnipeg Jets uh, beat the St. Louis Blues 4-2. And to finish off your NHL action, the Vancouver Canucks fall to the Minnesota Wild 4-2. And now for your previews for Friday and Saturday, as we have a busy weekend of games. Top matchups on Friday in the NBA. You have the Memphis Grizzlies going up against the Philadelphia 76ers at 7 o'clock. At 8 o'clock, you have the Toronto Raptors going up against the Indiana Pacers. At 9 o'clock, the Rockets are playing the Phoenix Suns. And at 10.30, to round out your top NBA action, you got the uh, Trailblazers playing the Utah Jazz. In the NHL on Friday, only one game of note. You have the Minnesota Wild going up against the Dallas Stars at 8.30. Top 25 men's basketball action. You've got number 9, Maryland, going up against number 20, Illinois, at 8 o'clock. And the women have a couple games, three top games at that, that pit all top 25 teams against each other. Number 12, Arizona, is playing number 3, Oregon, at 9 o'clock. Number 10, UCLA, goes up against number 6, Stanford, at 11. Number 19, Arizona State, plays number 9, Oregon State. On Saturday, big gamut of games, especially uh, for the NHL. You've got the Coyotes going up against the Bruins, the Islanders and the Lightning, the Penguins go against the Panthers. The Flyers are playing the Washington Capitals. The uh, Avalanche go up against the Blue Jackets. The Dallas Stars play the St. Louis Blues. And you have the Calgary Flames going up against the Vancouver Canucks. The big event on Saturday as well is going to be UFC 247. You've got four bouts to get you started uh, airing on ESPN. You've got Miles Johns versus Mario Batista, Alex Morono versus Chaos Williams, Lauren Murphy 
versus Andrea Lee, Devin Giles versus Antonio Arroyo. For your pay-per-view bouts, you have five on hand. You've got Derek Lewis versus Iliar Latifi. You have Mirsad Bektik versus Dan Iggy. Juan Adams versus Justin Taffa. And then you have your co-heavyweight uh, championship matches. You've got, for the light heavyweight belt, John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. And the females go off before that match with Valentina Shevchenko versus Catlin Chugagian. Saturday, you have XFL action kicking off. Two games on Saturday. The first will be at 2 o'clock on NBC, and the second game will air on Fox at 5 o'clock. Two more games on Sunday, both at 2 o'clock on Fox and 5 o'clock on ESPN. Your big NBA games for Sunday, you got Boston Celtics playing the Oklahoma City Thunder at 3.30, and then the Utah Jazz facing the Houston Rockets at 7. Matchup for top 25 men is on Saturday. You've got number 12, Seton Hall, going up against number 10, Villanova, at 